the monologue at the beginning of every episode is usually me trying to be witty or funny in order to get you to listen to the episode well i got nothing i'm jake alexander from the vault 319 recording room and this is the tweakable podcast What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Alexander, the voice in the void, the lone wolf, your favorite host of the list. How the hell are you? It's Friday again. Another Friday has rolled back around. We are in the vault. I'm back behind the mic, uh, ready to do this podcast. Uh, these Fridays are starting to come a hell of a lot quicker, are they? It, it can't just be me. It cannot just be me that's realizing that days are starting to fly by. It's starting to get fall, starting to get a little chilly outside, but that's okay. I'm okay with the fall. I love the wind. I like the, the summer. I like the summer more than anything else, but I'm okay with the fall. I just don't like the, the winter. I can even deal with spring, but I just don't want to deal with the winter. And I know it's coming, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's fall. We get to do apple orchards and stuff like that, but it's okay. Uh, I'm just going to deal with it as it comes. I hope you all are doing well. I am doing well. It's been a long work week, but it's been um, an interesting work week say the least to say the least right it's just always interesting around where i work at but it's all good um today we are just going to touch on a few things then we're going to get to the weekend watch list in the last call and then we're going to get out of here so let's get into it so we can get it done so let's start the news off talking Video games, of all things. We don't talk a lot of video games on the uh, Tweakable Podcast, but we really need to. Uh, game, uh, GamesCon uh, 2022 uh, just started a few days ago. It's over now, whatever. Um, a lot of video games, and I mean a absolute lot of video games, came out that I was very much looking forward to. And I got trailers and updates and stuff like that. I was so happy. Uh, so here's a list of all the faves that came out of GamesCon this year that I am really, really looking forward to. Uh, first up on the list is Everywhere uh, from the Build a Rocket Boy game studio. Um, that studio is led by an ex-Grand uh, Theft Auto developer, Leslie Benzies. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who that is. Uh, it, it's open world. Looks really fun. Uh, I, I don't know how to really describe it. It just looks fun. So if you haven't seen it, go look up the trailer for it. Uh, Dune Awakening from Funcom. Uh, open world, MMO, set in the Dune universe. Um, the movie itself, the last one, the one that had Zendaya in it and a handful of other people, um, it was a really big hit of a movie. It was a really good movie. We talked about it on the podcast. Um, it was way better than the original from back in the day. And I talked about that. Um, this, so this game could be a big hit and I'm all, I'm just only basing that on the fact that the movie was a big hit and everybody liked the movie. So hopefully the video game can build upon that. Um, another one, Callisto Protocol. Uh, from strike from striking distance studio um zombies gore and horror galore let's be for real uh it kind of reminds me of house of dead plus resident evil plus area 51 if you never played area 51 go play area 51 it's a really good movie i mean sorry it's a really good really good game 
and it has Marilyn Manson of all people doing one of the voiceovers. It's it just played. It's a good game. But uh, yeah, Callisto Protocol. It, it kind of looks like Dead Space too. I didn't want to admit that to my buddy Corey, who you know who helped me start this podcast. Uh, I didn't want to admit that, and he kept bringing it up. He's like, "Yeah, it looks like Dead Space." I didn't want to admit that, but yeah, it sort of looks like Dead Space. But it still looks fun either way. Um, another one I saw from Hex Words Studio, The Lords of the Fallen. So I guess they changed the name of this. It was supposed to be Lords of the Fallen too, but then they just went ahead and changed the name to The Lords of the Fallen don't know how that works but whatever um dark fantasy similar to um uh, dark souls if you've seen dark souls or played dark souls it's kind of similar to that but it has a tinge of lord of the rings i i I know that doesn't make any sense but it does when you see the trailer um just look at it and you'll see what i'm talking about um the trailer is really cool because they used they used the song mother by danzig in the trailer (laughs) of all things i would not expect to hear danzig in a video game trailer but there it is and it's damn good uh and the last one which is the one i was looking for the most we got to see a new trailer for it um no update on when it's released uh it's called where the where winds meet it's a third person open world action rpg set in china during the northern song dynasty i know that's a mouthful but the game looks fantastic very ghost of tsushima it it's going to be a mix of using magic and hand-to-hand combat and swordsmanship all at the same time and that hand-to-hand combat is based on tai chi and wushu and a handful of other martial arts that game is going to just going to blow up i guarantee it'll be game of the year when it finally gets released um moving on from that uh, yeah if you want to see any any of those trailers for those games they're on ign and they're on youtube just look them up um i'm probably going to go and get the uh, where winds meet trailer and put that one on uh the the instagram page just so everybody can see it because that game looks so damn good if if the game looks half as good as the cinematics just half it'll blow everything else out of the water um we'll leave that alone and we'll start talking about movies so the batman the last one was starring robert pattinson uh directed by matt directed and written actually by matt reeves it looks like it's going to survive all those wb discovery cuts um for a short while it was looking like it was going to be one of the films that was going to catch the axe but um just got a word uh day before yesterday actually um that yeah the batman 2 it has been greenlit at wb discovery they're going to let it go ahead um so yeah it survived the cut from the discovery side um it, it it is really not so much discovery as it is a wb thing because Matt Reeves has signed a multi-year, multi-project, first look deal with exclusively with WB. So Discovery has nothing to do with the Matt Reeves universe of the Batman, um, which that also includes a Joker project where Barry Keegan, the one we saw at the end of the Batman, that's an entirely separate project that is part of the uh, multi-year, multi-project deal um, that Matt Reeves signed. So that's good, but it's not all good news. So Matt Reeves' animated version of Batman that he had got scrapped. And there was J.J. Abrams who had a separate um, uh, Batman animated feature um, or series. I can't remember if it was a feature movie or if it was, or if it was a series, but that also got scrapped. So WB, Dis- WB Discovery and uh, David Zaslav, they're, they're taking the axe to everything. Uh, and one of the major things that they took the axe to is Batgirl. But it just may look like Batgirl is going to live. So we know that Batgirl got canceled, right, by uh, David Zaslav. The movie was 
pretty much done. I'm not even gonna say pretty much done. Even the director said it was done. They had spent 90, almost close to 100 million dollars to do this film, but apparently that's left like, nope, 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 we're just not gonna do it. Um, so that was one of his very first victims of, of all these cuts at WB Discovery. Now, the directors have been um, behind the scenes shooting, uh, not shooting, I'm sorry, showing off uh, the film, doing secret screenings of the finished film on the WB lot. Uh, it was it has been seen by cast and crew and select executives. Um, there's no word from the WB higher ups about what they think of all the screenings or what they even think of the film that was shown to them. Um, the directors of uh, of of bad girl who is a uh, ideal l arby and uh balala Fala, um they said that they believe that it's it that they truly believe that the film was not scrapped because it didn't test well or because of how it looked or the story that it told or even the fact that um bad girl would be played by leslie grace who is african-american um they believe it was purely for financial reasons and i honestly agree with that considering wb discovery just announced just a few days ago that they only have enough money on hand to promote and release two more films for the rest of 2022 that black adam and another movie called don't worry darling now shazam was supposed to come out at the end of the year it's not it's been moved to march of next year uh it's taking over the spot that aquaman was supposed to come out uh next year in march so aquaman has been moved to december of 2023 man look it is some crazy times going on over at dc and everything that they are doing with uh i mean with wb and discovery and everything they're doing with the dc properties who knows what's going to be next so many things have been cut so many things have been scrapped uh, there and there's been a lot of executives um, that have been fired, and a lot of them, I'm not even gonna say well, a lot of them are minority women. There, there's, I think there was one Caucasian lady, but it, it looks like there's this giant backlash against diversity going on. It ever since the dub, ever since WB and Discovery merged, but I don't want to say that out. I don't want to say that and sound like I'm, you know, fighting diversity or nothing like that. I don't know what's going on over there. It's just getting weird real quick. Uh, we'll leave that side and move over tomorrow. Um, I'm sorry to move move over to Marvel. Uh, I got a trio of news bits for that one. Firstly, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, the guy that everybody loves, can do no wrong almost in Hollywood, it seems. Can do no wrong in the business world either. Uh, XFL, anybody? <laughs> I'm looking forward to the XFL regardless of what happens with it. Um, so he is reportedly being eyeballed for a major Marvel role. That role none other than apocalypse from the x-men franchise now me personally i didn't i don't mind him being apocalypse i think it's a pretty decent idea i can support that um i know he's gonna do black adam but me i wouldn't have even put him as black adam i personally thought that dwayne johnson should have played lobo before he played anybody else but he's gonna be black adam that's gonna be fun maybe he'll play lobo in the future who knows you never know um but yeah him playing apocalypse i can i can get behind it um i can i can support that uh he definitely has the build definitely has the voice definitely has the look uh, and you know put just put him in some makeup and you know just go from there and so who knows what we can get um i didn't particularly dislike the apocalypse version from uh from the last x-men movie but it was all right it just wasn't great it is what it is but it was fox what you gonna say <laughs> um second in marvel for today uh ryan reynolds really wants wolverine now we've heard the the running gag that ryan reynolds 
has been trying to, you know, him and Hugh Jackman going back and forth, cracking on each other. But apparently Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds but, uh, is fighting as hard as he can to get Hugh Jackman to appear in the third Deadpool film as Wolverine in some fashion. Maybe it'll be Logan. Maybe it'll be Wolverine. Who knows? Um, it would definitely fit the meta slash self-aware nature of the Deadpool films. I only got one thing to say about it if they actually go through with it. Shut up and take my money. Because I would, I, I would love to see Hugh Jackman show up as Wolverine in the Deadpool movies. I think everybody would. Anybody who's into the Deadpool movies, I think we're all pushing to see uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the film somehow or another. Um, lastly, on the Marvel side, um, Marvel is getting back together with one of its old, old mates. Now, there is a report. It's just a report. It's not confirmed, so just follow me. Um, there's a report that's saying Chris Evans has signed an absolute new contract with Marvel. It's not the old one. That old contract was done. This is a completely new contract with Marvel. So the announcement of his signing may be announced as early as, D as uh, September. That's when uh, D23, the Disney 23 uh, showcase. Um, I'm just going to call it right now. I think that's the, that's the report and I've confirmed, but I'm going to say Chris Evans has signed. A new contract to be in the Marvel the MCU at some at some point again, and I think he will be back as Steve Rogers. He won't be Captain America. He'll be Steve Rogers, and it'll be during Secret Wars. They've already talked about doing Secret Wars. We already know that you need multiple versions of all these characters, or you at least need one or two versions of whatever character they're going to do. And I think it would make all the sense in the world to have Chris Evans come back as um, Steve Rogers and be in the film it make all the sense in the world and while they're at it i think they need to go get uh, uh tony stark back in the game too i understand that he's dead in the main universe but look we're talking about messing up timelines right now with multiverse of madness and atman quantumania and all them other movies coming up so yeah it's just time to get the band back together right <laughs> sounding real like uh uh, uh blues brothers i love that movie um um, and saying goodbye it looks like it's going to be a handful of things that are going to leave us very soon um so if you've entered the uh show euphoria which i am it's actually a really good show uh barbie ferreira is it looks like she's leaving the show and she will no longer be featured in none of the season three stuff that's coming up um the 25 year old uh she plays cat hernandez on the show if you've never seen it it's a good show like i said go watch it uh it's been reported that her and the director sam levinson got into heated debates and multiple debates about the direction of her character and i guess they just couldn't come to some agreement and it looks like she's just gonna leave the show altogether or they're gonna fire her one or the other uh which is kind of sad i really like her character and show is really good with her in it i don't know what the dynamic is going to be with without her in it the show may take a hit but we shall see when it happens um if you're into sandman on netflix if you're hoping for a season two cross your fingers that you get a season two because it looks like you're not going to get it now i really do like the series i don't think it, it is as good as a comic book but it is probably the best comic book adaptation i have ever seen for a series not a movie as far as movies go, to me, Watchmen is still number one. But as series go, absolutely. Sandman might be number one. And I, I honestly think it does set the bar for comic book adaptations, whether film or series, period, going forward. Just how it looks, just how it feels, just how it follows the source material, the acting, the production, everything. So somebody uh, messaged Neil Gaiman on Twitter. Neil Gaiman is the man who wrote 
uh, and created the Sandman universe and the comic books. And he's also the, uh, the executive producer for the show. Uh, somebody asked him, said, hey, are we going to get a season two? Um, and he says, well, look, it's very expensive to produce the show. Um, it's very difficult to produce it, but all the CGI and all that stuff costs money. And in order for it to be a season two, it has to be a monumental hit for Netflix to turn around and invest that and maybe even more money for a season two. And he said he just doesn't know. Um, we've seen Netflix cancel what we would consider hit shows after one and maybe two seasons because it just doesn't generate enough buzz for people to jump on netflix and want to keep netflix in order to watch the shows um it i, I don't know it I, I would suspect that there will be a second season and then that would be it i don't expect the third season i don't think this is stranger things level stranger things just took over the the entire imagination of the entire world so maybe sandman could be it we don't know but just cross your fingers and hope so um let's end today's news by talking about of all things cellular moon or at least the americanized version of it so back in the day when cellular moon was a gigantic thing they did a americanized version of it now i knew this i thought this was common knowledge but i'm coming to find out that most things that i know is common knowledge is not common to everybody else either way there was an americanized version of it um but and it was being produced and distributed by Haim saban yes that is the same man that brought us uh the mighty Morphin power rangers and the first couple of uh different iterations of the power rangers in america um the only footage of this americanized version of sailor moon was apparently locked away inside the library of congress uh somebody went to tracking it down i guess they should have sent nicholas cage in the third national treasure movie and maybe they'd have found it a lot quicker um i've seen it already and i've seen it again be glad if you have not seen it because you don't want to see it I, trust me when i tell you this it is horrific at just how bad it actually is thank god they never actually turned <laughs> turned around and made this version of sailor moon available to the public it is so so bad <laughs> so we're going to end the news right there i'm going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk a little house of the dragon episode one okay so i'm one of those people yes i am i i, I will confess i'm one of those people i did not watch a lot of game of thrones when it was first out now i remember the books coming out i remember reading the books back in the day um i was all into the books i knew every i ain't gonna say i knew everything but i knew enough of it to know what to expect in the show so i didn't watch a lot of the show of what i did see of game of thrones i really did like it peter dinklage was my absolute favorite in that show by the way um but i had, it was it was pretty good i understood the you know why it captured everybody's imagination i understood why everybody liked it so much i just didn't particularly watch the show i don't know exactly if the show followed exactly what was in the book or i should say in the novels but i from what i can tell it did a pretty good job of it and everybody that i know that watched it said they enjoyed it enjoyed it thoroughly except until they got to the last bit um then i'm then glad i didn't watch it because i didn't want to see it either way um but yeah that is absolute truth i didn't watch a lot of game of thrones so when they announced house of dragon and it was i knew it was the prequel i was like okay so i do want to i do want to watch this i do want to keep up with it i want to see how good it's actually going to watch 
Now, so House of Dragon, episode one, the series uh, debuted last Sunday. Um, so I'm watching it, and I got to admit, it's not very interesting to me. Now, if you watch it and you find it interesting, I am not going to knock you to each his own. But to me, it's not really interesting. Thus far, it's only been one episode, so I'm not completely poo-pooing it. Um, to me, the only character that I actually am interested in seeing is uh, Damon Targaryen. And that's the that's the guy that's he's played by Matt Smith, who used to be one of uh, one of the versions of Doctor Who. Very good actor. I like his character. I think his character has a lot of conflict within him and outside of him. And I think that makes his character very, very interesting. Now, all of the other characters, just like the plot thus far, they're really predictable. I'm looking at the characters. I understand exactly what I, I knew exactly what was going to happen about halfway through the episode, right? I knew the mom was going to die. Spoiler alert. You should know this by now. Um, I knew the mom was going to die uh, during the childbirth. I was, I didn't expect the son uh, that she gave birth to to also die. I kind of figured that might happen, but I was hoping that it didn't. But indeed, baby dies, mom dies. I kind of figured that the mom was going to die. Uh, the queen was going to die. I knew that the king, right off the bat, the king was very weak. King Viserys is very weak. So I knew at some point it, he was going to be at odds with his brother, who is Daemon Targaryen. And I knew he was going to like banish his brother or have his brother killed, one of the other. And I knew that somehow or another, um, the daughter, uh, Rhaenerys, was going to be named as heir or somehow or another to be this very young queen on the, on the Iron Throne before uh, it was over. It was all so laid out so, so very easily. You could tell what was going to happen. Maybe they did that on purpose to draw you in, to make it feel very familiar to Game of Thrones. So you can be like, yeah, I know you say it's Game of Thrones and it's in that same universe, but is it really? So I think they kind of made it a little, I think they telegraphed a lot in order just to draw you in. And like I said, this is the first episode. I'm not going to poo-poo it. I know I'm being harsh with it being the first episode, but I'm still going to give it a shot for now. Um, it's it's a, it's it was a decent show. Uh, I shouldn't have to tell you this. If you're going to watch it, do not let your kids watch this. Your kids cannot watch this. It is very graphic. It is very violent, and they have some sexually explicit stuff in it. Uh, it is softcore pornish. <laughs> quite honestly so i was trying to watch this and trying to keep my kids away from the tv while i was watching it there's a handful of scenes that i had to just immediately cut the tv off because they kept roaming around uh down down here in the vault while i was trying to watch it so i could talk to you about it uh, but yeah don't let your kids watch this at all if you watch it make sure you shut the door and keep them out of the room while you're watching it uh like i said it uh they air every sunday uh i believe at nine o'clock but yeah the episodes are every sunday on, on on hbo max so if you haven't started watching it go back watch the first episode see if you enjoy it and to keep up with me because after every episode i'm going to come back and tell you what i think of it So She-Hulk episode two dropped this past Thursday and it picks up pretty much exactly where the first episode left off. So if you remember at the end of the first episode, Titania comes blasting through the wall. Uh, Jen Walters transforms into her She-Hulk version, stops uh, Titania, then turns to the judge as her regular self after transforming back and says, hey, I'm ready to make my closing argument. Well, 
she gets punished basically in episode two for doing the right thing as her her own law firm, the DA in which she works for, fires her for basically being a distraction. She winds up losing that case after the after the other side decides to have a mistrial declared because because her actions, you know, accidentally poisoned the minds of the uh, jury. Um, and that actually happens in real court cases. So, you know, shout out to Marvel for actually using real, um, real precedent uh, in from the legal world to actually uh, stick in the show. Um, th- I thought it was really good. Uh, this episode, the, um, the entire episode revolves around Jen trying to um, get her life back on track after losing her job and, dinner with her family with the dinner with the family is very funny <laughs> her her uh, I, I believe that's her brother uh he gets promoted to a manager at the best buy as he says and uh she's she has to sit there and hear him gloat about uh having a job and and getting promoted and having her her uncle uh, who, who is uh basically like just poo-poo on everything about her because she just got fired even though she's basically a superhero and she saved all these people uh it fits in with the motif of uh the same uh civil war uh all the superheroes doing the right thing but then in some way or another getting punished for it or losing something which we're actually going to touch on that in a minute a little bit uh, but yeah it, it revolves around her uh, looking for a new job and wind up actually getting a new job at uh, glk and h now that now that law firm that gave her the job that was the uh, same law firm that torpedoed her career by having that trial in which she saved the jury from the flying desk um by having it uh declared a mistrial uh which causes jen to lose her job yep he comes to save the day and offers her a job to head up the superhero division uh it, it was kind of funny he told her hey like if you're going to be in this job you we and do and be the head of this division i want uh, she hope all the time. I don't want Jen Walters, and you know she feels kind of uh really pissed off about it because Jen Walters works so very hard and is six figures in debt and for her law degree, and all of it is basically out the window simply because of an accident with her cousin Bruce. Uh, I thought it was. I thought that was just a good touch on it because that happens quite a bit right because of the way she looks she gets a job uh yes it's women empowerment but let's be for it she hulk you were going to get that anyway you knew you were going to get that so you can't be all pissed off about it um so yeah she winds up working for the working for uh glk and h and her first case is having to defend emil blonsky the abomination uh she has uh, reservations about taking the thing but after talking to him for a second in which he beautifully illustrates the fact that he shouldn't even be in jail because he was working for the u.s government in trying to hunt down and help capture bruce banner uh who is the hulk and they you know the way he described it i agreed with him totally if i am sent out into battle i am just a soldier i was on loan to the u.s government from from the uh, royal navy of great britain and they injected me with the super soldier serum and sent me out there to stop the hulk and look at what it turned me into but he says yeah i'm keeping it under control so you know you can let me out of here get me paroled and jen has her uh, reservations about doing it she really wants to do it and she calls bruce to actually ask him hey uh you know 
what do you think of me taking it? And she was going to take it. She just wanted to hear uh, Bruce tell her out loud. Hey, it's okay. Go ahead and take it. Um, it was kind of funny. Bruce actually says to her while he's talking to her on the phone about taking the Blonsky case and taking the job as the head of the superhuman division at GLK and H. Um, he says, Hey, look, um, Emil uh, Blonsky actually wrote me a letter and sent me a haiku. Haiku is a poem. Look it up people. Uh, and, um, you know, it's all water under the bridge. We're cool now. We, we, we've both moved on past it. And, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, and Bruce says, uh, real, real coyly, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a real, I'm a completely different, just like Emil, I'm a completely different person now. I love that. That was a shout out to, uh, Edward Norton because Edward Norton is the one who would play Bruce Banner in that fight immense. Uh, in that fight against the abomination, Emil Blonsky, in that uh, Hulk film way uh, a bunch of years ago. Uh, they keep telling me that that was the first movie in the MCU. I don't believe that, but whatever. I'm not going to argue with them. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really, really good line. They they threw that in there. Uh, I know a whole lot of people that missed it, but I, I heard it and I laughed very hard when I heard that one line. I thought it was really good. Um but yeah, so she winds up taking uh, the case, taking the job. She calls the she calls Holloway, uh, Holden Holloway, and says, "I'll take the job." He tells her to turn on the news, and what does she see? She sees the scene from Shang Chi where Abomination is fighting Wong in the underground Fight Club. So that means that this movie sp uh, specifically takes place either just before or concurrent, sort of, with uh, Shang Chi, uh, which is really good because. Uh, that was not the only Easter egg in the film. I mean, in the uh, in this uh, episode. Now, this episode is full of Easter eggs, full of them, and they are all really good. And I know for a fact there are a bunch of there are a few Easter eggs that a bunch of people missed. I'm going to go over uh, go over a, a few of them. Um, so G L K and H. That is the uh, the law firm that hires Jen after she gets fired by the DA. Um, now that those through those four letters, G L K and H they stand for Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg and Holloway. Now Holloway is Holden. Holloway is the man that, uh, is, he's played by Steve Coulter, by the way. Um, he is the man who's talks directly to Jen. The one that Jen directly deals with while at the law firm, just like the comic book. He is the only one you see. You never see, in a comic book, you never see the other three. You never see Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg. You only actually see Holden Holloway. He deals with Jen just like in the show. I thought that was really good. Um, now, the big thing about that Easter egg is that all three of those names, they are very much Marvel history. Um, they all refer to Marvel's uh, publishers and um, and creative uh, heads at the uh, at Marvel over the course of uh, Marvel's history. Um, Goodman refers to the original Marvel pub publisher, Martin Goodman. Uh, Lieber refer is that refers directly to Stanley. Stanley's actual last name is Stanley Lieber. Uh, Kurtzberg is Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby's actual last name is Kurtzberg. And then obviously, like I said, uh, Holden Holloway is the man in the comic book. So it was really good to see them actually bring that particular law firm from the early two thousands of, of, of run of She-Hulk actually into this uh, TV show. I thought that was really cool. Now, just like in the comic book, um, Jen and with because of her law firm, she represents not just superheroes but supervillains as well. So here, here we see her uh, representing Emil Blonsky. So uh, it's a couple of theories that we get to talk about later on. Uh, so, uh, like I said, it was a, a um, 
it was an Easter egg that when uh, Jen was talking about the Blonsky case with Bruce, uh, he referenced uh, the Edward Norton-led Hulk film when he was fighting Emil Blonsky. I was very happy to have them do that. Um, when Jen is actually loses her job at the beginning of the episode, she's uh, at her house and she's like laying on the couch or on like a day bed and she's looking on the uh, a laptop and, and and one of the websites she's looking on, it just says, hey, get a fresh start with these top 10 careers. And it's basically a news website. And now while she's online on this news website, there are two articles and these and two of the articles are very big Easter eggs. Now, the first one uh, off to the side of it. So you're going to have to freeze the frame and look at her laptop when they get to it uh, off to the side. Um, one of the articles says that a man got into a bar brawl and he had metal claws. You know who that is immediately. It's Wolverine. They have been throwing hints at Wolverine ever since uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier being on Madripoor. Um, they are going to keep throwing as many uh, X-Men um, uh, and Wolverine uh, specifically, more likely. They're going to keep throwing many uh, hints and Easter eggs here and there. But I thought that was a really good one. But just below that, and I guarantee you, most people miss this. If you didn't miss this, God bless you. I'm glad I'm, I'm not the only one that saw this. But just below that exact article, there's another article that asked the question, why is there a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean? Don't remember what that is. That is a re that is a reference to the celestial Tiamat sticking up from the Indian Ocean at the end of the Eternals movie. The one that everybody keeps saying, that's a big plot hole. How come nobody's brought that up ever since that happened, ever since the Eternals movie? Well, here it is being brought up. Right. And I keep trying to tell people, y'all going to have to be patient. You're not going to get answers every single time you go looking for them. You're going to get an answer, but it's always going to be sometime down the line. You're just going to have to wait. Let things play. Let things play out. Feige has a roadmap. He knows when things are happening. You're not going to be on his timeline. You're just going to have to chill out and be patient. Let the let Feige and company tell the story. Stop looking for the quick fix. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, at the end of the episode, is it, it was another um, it was another Easter egg. We got the Abomination versus the Wong fight from Shang-Chi. I was so happy that they stuck that in there because it was like, OK, so he broke out of prison and he's in a underground cage fight with Wong. When does this, when does this happen? Isn't he in jail? But here it is. They reference it. They bring it. It is. This is Marvel connecting all the dots. I keep trying to tell people you're going to have to wait. Um, and one of the last, and the last Easter egg, going back to Jen's laptop on that news page that she's looking at online, there is a QR code. If you get close enough to the QR code with your phone and look it up, it takes you to a free comic, a free She-Hulk comic on a, uh, on Marvel.com. And I thought that was really, 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 really nice of them to give us a free comic. Hey man, there's nothing wrong with free comics. Right. <laughs> I always tell people to go out, shop local, buy comics. But hey, if Marvel's going to give you one for free, take it. Don't turn it down. Um, I love this episode. This episode was really funny. I was expecting it to, to be, be a step back from the first episode, but this was a step up. I thought it was really funny. And a couple of things happened in this um, episode, and I got theories because of them. So um, I expect in episode three, Jen will get Emil Blonsky out of jail. Now, the whole point of her being assigned the case was just to help him get paroled right in, in even though most people don't want him who they consider to be a villain on parole but i believe that he won't just be let out of jail on parole i think he's going to wind up with a full pardon from the u.s government because of jen's work number one i'm glad it will show that jen uh 
uh, is is a very good lawyer, which to show you it, it's called she Hulk attorney at law. She's going to have to be a good lawyer and not just a good, good Hulk. So the fact that she would get him out of jail, a, a complete full pardon from the U.S. government, it proves that she is a good lawyer, not just, you know, six foot, whatever, green and strong. Uh, and it'd be just like the comic. You get Blonsky going free. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it'll be under the condition that he goes back to work for the U.S. government. And there is your beginning to the Thunderbolts. You'll have one person absolutely for sure in the Thunderbolts working for the U.S. government. Uh, you'll have Baron Zemo out there floating around. So that's at least two. Um, it, it'll just be good to see that they're actually that they would actually be building toward a Thunderbolts movie or at least having the Thunderbolts show up in the MCU at some point. Um, and in the. In that scene where Bruce and Jen are talking over the phone about Jen taking the um, the Blonsky case, going to work for GLKNH, um, Bruce and Jen are talking on the phone, and she asks Bruce, "Hey, are you going to be in LA anytime soon?" He says, hey, "Well, you know, not for a while." And you see, we see him uh, uh, zooming off through space on that same Sakaran uh, spacecraft that they swerved and fell off the side of the cliff for. Um, I think he's headed back to Sakar back to the Grandmaster, back into the pits. And I believe this is setting up World War Hulk inside of the MCU. Now that Marvel has gotten the full rights back for everything that has to do with the Hulk and Hulk versus uh, Wolverine and all them other ones, they got all that back from Universal. I'm thinking that they're now going to start setting up a World War Hulk movie, or at least you can do a Hulk franchise now if you have everything um i'm hoping that this is him going back to sakar and i'm hoping what will happen is we see professor hulk go back to sakar he doesn't want to participate in the fact in the fighting anymore remember he's professor hulk this is bruce banner trying to hold everything together um and then the grandmaster says well either you fight or you or you either fight the way i want you to fight or you have to fight another grand champion and uh take and uh lose to him so you can take your title and then we'll just go on from there. You can go on about your business. Obviously, it'll be a double cross by the grand by the by the grandmaster in order to probably kill Banner. Um, and but that champion, I guarantee you, it would be Beta Ray Bill. When we saw was it Thor, uh, what was it Thor Ragnarok? When you saw the three heads on the mountain, one was Hulk with the helmet on. The other one was Beta Ray Bill, and the other one was Fing Fang Foom. Now, it ain't going to be Fing Fang Foom. I know it's a couple people out there, and you know who I'm talking to because I know you're out there listening. We've talked about this before. It ain't going to be Fing Fang Foom, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill makes all the sense. Now, if you get Beta Ray Bill, I can just, I can see that Beta Ray Bill would give Professor Hulk such a bad beating that he reverts back to the rage monster Hulk, the one that Bruce has been trying to keep at bay all this time. Right. We get that Hulk. We get that Hulk back. And not only does he beat Beta Ray Bill down, but he starts to go flip. He starts to go ape shit and starts to destroy Sakaar left and right. Now, imagine if that happens. You get a call out to the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're saying, hey, we got this big green monstrous dude. He's destroying an entire planet. We need your help. They get pictures of it and they realize like, oh, shit, it's it's Banner. So the first thing they're going to do is not try to take them on themselves. They're going to call Thor, right? Thor was part of their crew. Thor is their boy. They know that Thor and, and Banner are, are friends. 
to say, hey, Thor, we can't do this. You got to come and help us. This rolls into Thor 5. Thor shows up on the on the scene. He has Mjolnir and Stormbreaker because obviously the little girl is probably going to be with him or he'll just bring both and leave her in New Asgard. And he's like, all right, he's trying to subdue the Hulk and somehow, you know, with a little trickery and Beta Ray Bill now wielding Stormbreaker, they subdue, you know, uh, Banner and have him, they subdue the Hulk and have him transform back into Banner after they calm him down somehow or another. Then Beta Ray Bill now has Stormbreaker, just like in the comic. Thor is back to having Mjolnir, just like in the comic. Hell, we can throw in a visit by a woman that Hulk had in the fair with named Kyra. That's a way to set up the son that they wind up having, which is Scar. So not only do you, not only can you do World War Hulk, you can do Planet Hulk, right? You can do all these things now that you have all the things back from Universal. And I'm honestly believing that they are going to move toward doing those. Now, those are just theories. I don't know if they're actually going to do it. If I'm writing stuff, it it, it writes itself, right? I just laid out everything that you could possibly do with Hulk now going forward especially after that episode two of uh of she hulk i'm telling you it writes itself it is not that hard marvel if, if you're out there anybody listening get word to marvel and tell them let me help them write the next phase of of, of hulk and thor saga i guarantee you i can write better than what they've been doing or at least i can get more people on the side of it uh, i want to take a break and when we come back it's time for the last call and we can get out of here for the weekend So we've come to the end, my wonderful nerdy friends. It's time to hook and book. It's time to get out of here for the weekend. Uh, I want you all to get out there and enjoy yourselves. Whatever you're going to do, do it big. <laughs> take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. Take care of your friends. Just, just be safe. Don't hurt yourself and don't hurt nobody else. Just get out there and have some fun. Uh, it's always good to have fun on the weekend, right? We we do enough working through the through the week, so we'll just get out here and do some uh, do something and have some fun. Hey, uh, but before we go, a couple of things. Uh, number one, um, shout out to uh, Aaron at Two Four Eight Studio. Uh, I had a good conversation with him the other day. I love when I wind up meeting uh, like-minded nerds and uh, artistic type folk out on the street and we just get into conversations about anything and everything. Uh, I just happened to pass by him, uh, at the Rust Mark, uh, at the Rust Belt Market, which is in a Ferndale, which isn't too far from where I stay, uh, too far from the vault. Um, and, and we just got into a conversation. We started talking about nerdy stuff. We started talking about art and, uh, started talking about being fathers with, with very precocious kids and the ones that tear you stuff up and tear you up at the same time. But it was a very good conversation. Um, he does art and apparel and uh, other things. Uh, if you ever get a chance, if you're online, go to at uh, go to two four eight studio.com. Check out all the stuff he do. Um, he does some, some really good art, man. It's some fantastic stuff. I'm gonna have to go back over and grab me one and hang it on the wall. So when we really start to get to doing uh, YouTube videos and whatnot, you'll see some of his stuff behind me probably. Uh, but yeah, shout out to him, man. Thanks for the conversation. Uh, and don't forget, I got your watch list right here it is a short watch list we got we got two movies one series and our animation and our nostalgia pick are actually one and the same so uh our film pick we actually have two uh on netflix we have rrr um it's bollywood at its finest you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry you're gonna dance and it's just gonna be ridiculous to the uh one thousandth degree right that's what bollywood does and this one actually is a really good movie 
So watch it. It's called RRR. It's on Netflix. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is on Prime Video. I mean, it's it's Sonic the Hedgehog. I do. I need to further explain. I mean, uh, Idris Elba is doing the voice of Knuckles. And Jim Carrey is back as Dr. Eggman. Uh, it, it's look it's it's a really really good movie i saw it at the theater with the kids and i'm going to sit here and watch it again with the kids um our series pick for this week is breaking bad which is on netflix i remember watching the first season of breaking bad and not watching it anymore and then the series was in its last season when i decided i was going to go back and catch up and damn breaking bad is so good isn't it it's one of those series that will live on in infamy. It is one of those series that no matter how many years down the line people talk about it, people will remember it because it's that good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Breaking Bad is on Netflix. Uh, they got all the seasons on it, so watch it. Um, our animation pick and our nostalgia pick, like I said, is one and the same. It's called Princess Nine. Now, I'm not particularly a sports anime type of guy. Um, most of the anime I watch is very action-packed, very, uh, what's the word I'm going to put? A lot of supernatural, a lot of action, a lot of fighting. Uh, but Princess Nine is too good for you to pass up. It's, it's funny. It's got a lot of heart. Uh, it's baseball. Um, you can catch it on Anime Planet or Retro Crush. Both of those two, it's free for, on both of them. You can watch the entire series. It's not a very long series. It is 1990s anime perfection uh if i'm not mistaken it was 1998 when it debuted uh in anime form it is really good and like i said that's our anime animation and our nostalgia pick for the week um but besides that it is time to go i am going to go get some sleep because you're listening to this it is what friday afternoon uh whatever saturday morning for me, it is Friday morning. It is very early. It is six in the morning. I just got off work a little while ago and I'm just finishing up stuff. And so I am about to go grab me a cup of water and I am going to go and get in my bed and just nod off until I have to go to work later. But besides that, I want you all, like I said, to take care of yourselves. I am going to get out of here uh, for my producer, Nikki Rev. And again, for Aaron over at 248 Studio, um, I will say the same thing to you. I say every single week when we get out of here. God bless, I love you, and peace. You're listening to the Tweakle Podcast.